Hello and welcome to the ABC Mission Partners Podcast, the official podcast of African Bible Colleges. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Robert Mlanz. I am a graduate of African Bible College, Uganda campus, and I am part of the ABC Radio team here in Uganda. I am also the Public Relations Manager for African Bible College, Uganda. We use this podcast as a tool to keep the prayer partners, donors, and friends of African Bible Colleges informed about how God is at work through all our ministries and also to have discussions about important topics related to global missions. We would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and also share it with any of your friends who you think might be interested. You can do so by simply clicking the appropriate link in the podcast player. Thank you very much. On today's show, our podcast host and vice president of African Bible College, Reverend Tim K, will have a conversation with Emmanuel Ikaka about how he came to faith at a young age and he had a sense of call to ministry when he was quite young. He began serving local churches when he was still in his teenage years. He also shares about the ministries he is involved while studying at African Bible University and he will also share with us his plans after he graduates. So let's get right into the conversation. Thanks Robert. Uh, but before we hear from Emmanuel, just another quick update related to uh, coronavirus. There has not been a sig- significant changes uh, in, in the countries where we serve since our last episode. The main thing I wanted to report to you is just that our faculty and our students can, in Uganda and in Malawi continue to press on towards completion of this semester using Google Classroom. Uh, Our faculty is much to be commended for the hard work that they have done to to enable our students to continue their studies and to finish the semester. Um, So do pray for the students and for the teachers as they complete this academic year. Uh, Also, this whole situation has highlighted for us uh, just how important it is for us to have online resources available for our students and also how important it is for us to get a laptop into the hand uh, of all of our students. These have both been goals of ours for some time, uh, but we have really moved that up in terms of priority and are working hard to make that happen. If you'd like to help us towards that end, uh, go to www.africanbiblecolleges.com and then click on the donate button, and you'll see opportunities and ways you can give towards both of those needs, the development of our online courses and also $350 will put a laptop in the hand of an ABC student. So we'd love for you to help in that way. Uh, so thank you very much for considering that. And now let's uh, get to the conversation with Emmanuel. Our guest today on the podcast is Emmanuel Ikaka. He is a third-year student at the Uganda campus of African Bible Colleges, which we call ABU. So I'm going to let Emmanuel introduce himself to you now. Emmanuel, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Thank you, uh, Reverend Timke. Uh, my name, as uh, has been said, is uh, Emmanuel Ikaka. I'm a third-year student at African Bible University. I am from eastern Uganda. There's the eastern part of Uganda, far border to Kenya and Uganda. Um, I joined African Bible University in 2017. 
and by God's grace, I am here in Tarie out of four. So um, you were telling me earlier about the fact that you've pastored a church, an Anglican church, back in your home district um, and in the town of Tororo. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about that, about your church uh, that you've served there. All right, thank you. Um, first of all, I'm born from, uh, I was not so, so much born in the Christian family uh, because my, my mother was not a Christian. And uh, my late dad, who died when I was two months in my mom's womb, uh, I don't know whether he was a Christian, was not a Christian. I'm not sure about it. Uh, so when I grew up with my grandparents, I I got so much involved in church when I was a little boy, a little child, uh, despite the fact that I was born lame, and at the age of seven, eight is when God held me and made me able. So at the age of nine years, uh, a bishop of Bukedi Dows is where I come from, because uh, by then was Dr. Nicodemus Okile. He's retired, he's Bishop Meritus. When he asked us in, uh, at school as little children that, what do you want to become in future? Uh, probably I was the first person to raise up my hand and, uh, and he asked me, what do you want to be? I said, I want to be a bishop like you. And say, but bishops give their life to Jesus Christ. I say, yeah, I'm willing to do. And he says, are you ready to give your life to Jesus now? He said, yes, I am. Then he prayed for me. And other, other children come and followed me and he prayed for us. At the age of nine years, of course, I told everything is done. I could be in church in Sunday school, uh, and I, I could just think everything is okay. And the, no, no, not until when I was 11, there was a, a Sunday school where we had gone to perform as uh, in the Sunday school. And in the Bible teaching, uh, the, the reverend uh, appointed me and told me, come and read the Bible. And they told him, I don't know how to read the Bible. How can I read the Bible? They told me, no, you can make it. I read the Bible. And after reading the Bible, I felt convicted. And they say, yeah, I can make it. I can make it. If I, can, if I did it, I'll do it. So I had that hope and encouragement, and I went back home. I thought about it many, many times. I started involving myself in church, going for Sunday school, for Sunday services. Uh, at the age of 15 years, I was already in leadership of the, of the youth wow. involved. Great. So let me back up on a couple of things. Um, so you mentioned you were uh, lame from birth. Yeah. Describe that a little more. What what did that What does that mean? And uh, I know now you're a, you play on the ABU football team, so you're no longer lame. So so tell us what happened with that. Yeah, uh, the, the kind of uh, the way I was born is that I couldn't walk well. My 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 all the two legs were like folded, I couldn't walk properly. Even my hands were, were somehow disabled. I couldn't stretch it well. Even the toes, everything was just all complicated. But uh, by God's grace, uh, I woke up one morning uh, and when I'm able, and there was nothing that described that uh, I was lame by then from birth. So what age were you when you woke up that morning and, and these problems were gone? It was probably eight years. 
I do remember because the year two, in, when I was nine is when I, I gave my life to Jesus. Okay, so up to eight years you weren't able to, you were very limited in your ability to walk. You could walk a little or none at all? or I could be most times be carried and I could walk, but struggling with walking it was so hard for me. And uh, fellow uh, friends could laugh at me uh, because I was even taken to school at that stage. And me in that state, I could not walk well. They could carry me. Sometimes I could walk myself, but with difficulties. And it was really something which was so hard for me. But I remember myself, I was telling, saying to God, why, don't, why can't you make me okay and able like everyone you created? And it was so surprising that uh, uh, one time when, uh, when I was in Petri, P3. So for our American listeners, that's maybe third grade in an American system. So for as we call it Petri, uh, a friend was making me to play in class and the teacher didn't like it. And he pointed, she pointed at me that I will slap you until you become able. I decided to walk away from her class and went, went back home crying. And everyone could ask me why I was crying. I couldn't tell out. But I was only saying that, God, make me able again. So by God's grace, uh, in that same week, I got myself able. So that's great news to to, to everybody and to my family. They were so grateful, amazed about that. And my grandmother gave her life to Jesus through that testimony. And uh, my mother returned it too, rejoicing. Uh, And everybody, even in the community, they gave their lives to Jesus. Amazing. Evangelizing today. It was amazing. So you would, um, your explanation would be this was simply an answer to prayer, that the Lord delivered you from that being lame. Exactly. That, that, that could, that's a prayer. And maybe my parents were also praying. <laughs> Myself, I was also praying. So that's really the power of prayer and believing in God. That's really what I trust it upon. Wow, that's great. Um, thanks for sharing that and for filling in those details. Um, you were raised by a single mother also. You said earlier that your father died before you were born. Is that correct? Yes. So what what was that like growing up in a home without a father and then with a mom uh, who cared for you? Um, just tell us a little bit about that. Right. Uh, otherwise, my mother didn't care. Uh, after she gave birth to me, she left me at, the, uh, at three months from birth. And uh, she, she went to our relatives to stay around and uh, I was left with my grandparents. My grandparents are the ones who raised me. I, I grew up with them. Do you have a relationship with your mother now? Do you know her? Do you have any kind of relationship with her? Is it just your grandparents? Uh, right. When I was in around grade 6, that's P6, P6 class in here in Uganda uh, is when I knew that my mom is my mom. So I, I used to call her my sister because she could come home like any other person. I, I didn't know that she was my mother. So uh, when I was told that she's your mother, I asked her, but if she's my mother, where, she, where has she been? And uh, if she's my mother, where's my dad? Because... I don't think when I just dropped myself here, I came through two people. So uh, I went and greeted her, and she, she told me, I'm your mother. I said, but you're my mother. You didn't care about me. Uh, but anyway, in, in brief, uh, I forgave my mother. 
But um, I asked her also about my father. When I asked her about my father, she really told me that if you want your father, go and get a spade and a hoe and get your father. So in our interpretation, that means he died. So that was the first time you found out that not only that you had a mother, but that your father had died before then. And then I guess since then your grandparents have filled in the details or your mother has filled in the details so that you now know the story of what really happened. Hmm. Nevertheless, God cared for you, provided for you, took care of you. Thankful you had grandparents who were willing and able to raise you and take care of you. Wow. So let's go back then now to where I sort of stopped you. You you had gotten uh, age 15, and you're getting more and more involved in the church. And again, for our American listeners, this is the Anglican Church in Uganda, which is goes by the it's called the Church of Uganda, but it's much like what we would understand in America to be an Anglican church there. So so yeah, so tell us kind of pick back up at age 15 and tell us uh, how God continued to work uh, in your life. Right. At age 15, I was much involved at the youth ministry as a youth leader in church. And at the age of 16, 17, I moved to the level of uh, archdeaconary. That is, uh, after parish, we have the archdeaconary, then we have the diocese, as in Bukhead Diocese and Church of uh, Uganda, Anglican as a whole. Um, so after working, uh, I mean, after involving myself as a youth um, leader in church, I was leading other youths, uh, I was involved in choir, I was leading choir. At the age of 18, I, I was given to pastor, to start leading with morning uh, services in English, uh, preaching, not only to the youth, but to the whole congregation. And uh, I remember very well, the, my former priest, who was, was transferred somewhere sometime, uh, it was called Reverend George, I mean Reverend Okiror Peter. Um, he told me one time that, no, I know God is using you, but you, you need to come. You need to give, to give you time to read the Word of God, to study the Word of God, and in future you will minister. I was encouraged. And in a short while, he told me, I can be delegating you to, to, to lead up the services, to preach uh, in this big congregation of around 1,300 Christians. I looked at myself as being young to do that, and he encouraged me that Jeremiah was young, but the Lord used him. I was wow. encouraged. That's great. So congregation of about 1,300. So this is a, a what we would maybe call a parish. This is the people yes. living in a particular area who are a, a part of this Church of Uganda congregation. What's the name of the particular congregation there that you were pastoring? Right. Uh, I pastored in around three churches. The first church, my home church, is called All Saints Church, Kwapa, Tororo, Chidikonari, Bukedi, Diocese. Uh, and then the, the other one that was uh, transferred was the, called St. Peter's Church. It also has around the congregation of 800 Christians or plus. And then uh, from 2014 to 17, I, I was transferred, shifted to another church, uh, which also almost had 1,000 Christians. It's also called Morkebu Church of Uganda. It is in the same book, the houses. 
and that's uh, where now after there in 2017 is when I got invitation to come to African Bible University. So in all these uh, three churches, I do pastor even right now when I go over the weekend, in the holidays, I do go back to all these three churches to ensure that we still preach the word of God and reach the young and even the old with the, with the word of God. This is really exciting what, what you're saying, and this is something that I hear from our students uh, on all three campuses when I talk to them, is that you know they're here studying and learning. Uh, it's a full-time, full-time students, a very demanding academic schedule. But when you have a break, even sometimes on the weekend, certainly on a holiday, you, what you've just said is you're going back to your home area and checking on the church there, um, preaching, teaching, training, checking on the youth. Whereas oftentimes an American a university student gets a break, they're looking to go to the beach <laughs> or somewhere like that to relax for a week. What I hear again and again from our students is, uh, no, there's too much work to be done. There's ministry to be done, people that need to be served. Um, so we're so grateful for your willingness uh, to go back and to serve in that way. Um, so something that also jumped out at me as you were talking was um, – you are. You mentioned how young you were, yeah. and that, that was a little overwhelming to you. Exactly. Uh, and you kind of questioned your your uh, your bishop about that. What training did you have uh, when you first began uh, pastoring in those churches? Right. Uh, sincerely, when I began this pastoring, uh, I didn't have any qualification. I did not go to any uh, college or institution. Uh, because I was uh, schooling at my O-level and high school, um, I, I didn't go for this training, but I, I oftenly go to these uh, uh, trainings of a week, uh, a month. Then in 2013 is when I got a chance to go and train in a certificate uh, in theology, in pastoring, not it was not really theory, but pastoring, mm-hmm. and how to manage congregation. I mean, how to lead the congregation, how to serve them, how to be with them, how to do all these things. And uh, but before, I didn't have any qualification. I didn't have any training. So that certificate program was a one year. Was that a one year program, or how was that? What was the format of that? Uh, it was a nine month course. That, that's probably yeah. And uh, after uh, getting that, I saw really me changing from what I've been preaching to something that I'm preaching. But I'm so privileged that this my like my really first training I'm having that is making everything change each time because from the time I came to ABU I really see great things and great changes. Okay, so describe that a little more for us. Um, Well, first of all, give us a little bit of context because some of our, again, people listening back in the U.S. don't have any way of having familiarity with it. How common is it in here in Uganda, whether the Church of Uganda or other denominations, um, for pastors that are leading local churches in villages um, or in towns or in cities, how common is it for them to have formal academic training like we offer here at ABU? Um, most often, if you look at the, uh, our local churches there in the villages, most people, most pastors have no training. They, they are not trained. The, the, the person just gets up maybe in the morning and thinks about it with his family and plans the church and starts pastoring. 
without attaining any training. This is very common and there are very many or lots of them. Uh, and But for Anglican, it was a little bit very restricted. And uh, up now, some of my friends ask me, how did you make it? And how did you do that? Because uh, you, you can't pastor when you have not reached that age or even uh, studied about the Word of God and going through trainings and even married and all that kind of. But it, it was a kind of a thing that really I, I saw is a, it was a calling from God. And I had no idea about this. And But I saw myself going towards it. And I thank God through the patient he gave me. Uh, I went through all that. And right now I'm in the training. So I think God was preparing me for, for, for this kind of training for ministry. Right. I really acknowledge that. Okay. So now dis, um, describe how you would give your description of the the depth of training and preparation you're receiving at ABU compared to what you had had previously and how this is going to make a difference in your ability to be effective as a pastor when you're finished with your time here at ABU in another year and a half, right? You will graduate in a year and a half. So, All right. Um, really, I, I acknowledge that it's a very great change from the time I came to ABU because before, I could just even wake up one day and uh, think I'm going to preach whatever's come to my mind uh, other than sitting down, preparing, uh, and when I get this, all these lessons, courses, I'm going through like someone preparation majorly where, uh, where you have to really take time, read the Word of God, understand it, and then and then put in practice that is between yourself first before you take out to, to the congregation. Really, uh, I, I found myself that, wow, even though all the people have been preaching to this, how would be be thinking? What, what message have I been preaching? Sometimes could be prosperous gospels or as as, pre, as people preach. So re- really, I found this training very necessary to me, and even to others. They could testify to me for for the three years I'm here at ABU is really a great change. I have ne- never before read the whole Bible. But when I came here, I've read, I tried to read the Bible, the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And each time in chapel, we, we get guidance on how to read the Bibles and how to take those readings every day and how to do devotions, which is very, very good for our spirituality. Uh, I lacked all these things before. And then also the, the, the library we have, it's very rich. It's giving me to do a lot of readings, a lot of research and comparing all kinds of uh, theology and all these worldviews. It's really very something which I can't regret why I came to APU, only to praise the Lord for that and for everything he has provided to me and to others. It's really a great, great thing to me. Wow, awesome. That's great. Tell me this, as you've studied here now for two and a half years, what what areas of study have you enjoyed the most? Just what, what do you enjoy? Bible, theology, other areas. What have been some of your favorite courses here? Right. Um, at ABU, I'm doing business, uh, I mean, biblical studies with education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be a teacher. 
but uh, in biblical courses that uh, I'm enjoying most is this course of uh, systematic theology, which we are doing now. But before, we did uh, so many uh, exegesis writings, like in the Romans. We have even just completed one of uh, we're handing over next week. And before that, we have so many things like memory verses, memorizing. Uh, and I want I can tell you I have scriptures just moving around in my heart and my mind. This has never done I've never done before. So my favorite uh, causes that I've been enjoying most at ABU is going through uh, the book of Corinthians. We understand all what Paul was doing there in Corinth. Uh, he, he, he book the letter to Romans. Uh, all these really are so important to me, and I've learned a lot from them. Uh, not only that, but also the interterm courses. We do interterm courses, which are really also good help to to us academically, spiritually, and even. It helps us not only in in those areas, but also in the families, and then also in the, in in teaching, like me, who's going to be a teacher. And the, we also went through the last year, in second year, we, we we went through a course of leadership training, uh, how how to be which type of a leader and how effective should be a leader should be, and all these things uh, and many many other courses that we are studying here at ABU, which are very, very of good help to every pastor who should be equipped for the good work of the Lord. Hey, all right, let me, let me back up for a minute to something you said earlier, because again, I think probably the typical American listener maybe is not going to understand what you're saying. So, because you, you talked about how you want to be a teacher, okay? And they were like, wait a second, Emmanuel's a pastor. So explain that. How is it that uh, as a pastor... You're saying you also want to be a teacher because you're talking about it being a school teacher, yeah. right? Um, what's the necessity of, of having both of those things? What Give us a little bit of context uh, of the local uh, situation here in Uganda and other parts of Africa too. But why is it that you're saying, I want to be a teacher, but you're also saying you're a pastor? <laughs> All right, that's good. <laughs> yeah, we have many lots of schools in Uganda, and we have lots of teachers here in Uganda. But uh, really, when I took these courses, uh, this course of major of uh, my minor's education, uh, is not just because I want to be a teacher. I, I, I'm not going to be a perfect teacher. I, I don't mean that. But I can be maybe a teacher better than yesterday or tomorrow better than. And then, too, I want to be a reformed teacher. Uh, there, there are lots of teachers we have, but they are not reformed teachers. They are not Christian teachers. Uh, majorly in the areas of handling students, uh, how to impact the knowledge uh, to them. They, they are after just knowledge and everything. But me, I'm looking at uh, the student or a learner whom I'm going to be teaching being made in the image of God. Uh, there is no difference between that, that student or learner with me. We are all made in the image of God. So I want really to hand them in the biblical perspective, to teach in the biblical perspective. And it's my prayer uh, that we, if all the teachers, not only here in Uganda, but even across and within, could embrace this to be reformed teachers who teach at the biblical perspective, I think at the end of it, our students or learners will learn a lot spiritually 
and even in all ways or academically as they, they are at school. Great. That's that, my thoughts. That's great. So um, I, lo- I love hearing you describe how you want to, as a teacher, to teach from a biblical perspective as we weave the God's truth. All truth is God's truth, yeah. right? But then also weaving in the truth of, of the gospel into what you're teaching. Um, but so you will be functioning after you graduate, both as the pastor of a church, but also as a teacher in school. And um, part of the reason for that is because in a typical context here in Uganda, uh, churches may not be able to support you with a salary. And so you will get a salary from teaching, from being a school teacher. Is that correct? Not, not necessarily church supporting. Uh, we, when you're in government, it's government paying you for being a teacher, but government doesn't pay you. Pay is not paying you as a minister in church. Exactly. <laughs> and of course, we have this saying that uh, a lot of our churches in Uganda or Africa are poor, right. and they, I think this is common in the Western where the church supports uh, the ministry of even teaching. But here, I have never seen, I've not seen, right? Yeah, so what he's saying, uh, again, to our American listeners is the typical African church is not able to support their pastor, and so they're bivocational pastors. They they support their family, support themselves with some other job. In this case, Emmanuel's got the opportunity because of his education at ABU. You'll have the opportunity to, um, to actually, your teaching will be part of your ministry because you'll be teaching from a biblical perspective. And it'll be woven right into what you're doing also with your church. So tell us a little bit um, more about and uh, about um, when graduation comes in a year and a half. Uh, what are your plans? Uh, you've mentioned you want to you, you be a teacher. Uh, we know that you're pastoring a church there in eastern Uganda. But So tell us what your plans are. A little more detail on the plan for after you graduate. All right. Thank you once again. Uh, what I'm thinking really and praying about is not just to start with me and to end with me or with my family. It is something beyond my family. And as I grew up in that state of being with us, uh, being an orphan, uh, a child without a parent or father, even the love of the mother was not there with me. Um, I'm thinking having this staying and helping the the, the, the the many, many orphans who are here in Africa. And that's my first passion I have in my heart because I have passion to ensure that at least they, they reach somewhere and they be people or they will also be seen somewhere. Uh, like, like when I went back to my village and community, um, in 2014, I started, uh, let me take you a little bit, a bit. Uh, when I was in this third church that I was transferred to, to, to preach, uh, we started a school. And this school was majorly these children who had no parents. And the, some had a single parent, some completely didn't have. And we started with, as a church with 60 of them of these young, young children. And we were able even to, I remember there was a girl who was around the age of 17. She was a total orphan, had no parents, and she got frustrated because she was staying with her grandparents and she could do whatsoever she needed to do. And she finally conceived, she got pregnant. She was raped uh, and she she was just having no hope. 
And when I went to speak to her, I asked her that, can we take you back to school? And she agreed and said, yes, I can go back to school. She was in senior one. And we took her back to school. But as we speak... That's that's early high school. So in in U.S. Go ahead. Yeah. So right now as we speak, she she has finished senior... She's finishing senior four, uh, I think, by next year. And... uh, the rest of the children whom we established this small uh, school for them to teach them, to train them, not only to teach the knowledge of education, but also to equip them with the truth of the gospel. It was an, uh, it was uh, shocking to me when I returned last year for holiday. I got the information that the school is no longer existing. Then when I asked the, the reasons why, you say that there were no people to support, there was no one to help, there was no one to to continue with the idea. I was a little bit paralyzed and I saw, why is this happening? But I got a little bit encouraged when I read a scripture and say, God give me courage that one time I'll do again. So uh, alongside that, that's my passion. Another thing that after ABU, that even I, I thank God that I've started doing it right now uh, is the introducing sports ministry. Uh, we are launching it in, in January 6th, 6th to, to, uh, to 10th of January, 6th to 10th January, and then also about border ministry. Uh, why I'm doing all this? Because after graduation at ABU, I want to go back to be engaged preaching the gospel and equipping them with their true knowledge of Christ. Mm. Because I really saw that there are many people uh, who are but borders. They they just ride uh, motorcycles and they're there. So that's the ministry that I am already starting to do. Uh, We have it in the plan. I have it in the plan already. I'm selling the idea out to those who are willing to be behind or support. If God touches them, uh, not, not everyone can actually uh, li- love the idea if he doesn't know why it is supposed to be. So those so, are so things yeah. that I am... Um, yeah. I'll pause just a second. So um, Boda Boda Ministry, you mentioned. Yep. So for our American listeners who don't know, Boda Bodas are motorcycle taxis. So so these guys are... P- people in America don't know, know what that is. So... So you're a ministry to these guys who drive these motorcycles for, and that's that's how they make their living. Um, you also mentioned sports ministry, uh, and you'll be doing those things while also pastoring a church back in your home diocese, and probably teaching in school. Maybe trying to reestablish this a school like the one that was shut down that you described. Uh, I think I just wanted to give that full picture to our listeners of um, of the the breadth of the ministry you feel called to and eager to return to engage in. Um, it's amazing, and we're so thankful. I'm, I know I am thankful to hear how God's using you and will continue to use you. Uh, maybe one thing uh, alongside the board border the, the, and then uh, the sports ministry, we also, uh, I also, in, in August this year, we started open-air evangelism, and uh, we did it for three days. And uh, next year in January, on the very 6th to 10th of January, we are having for five days, uh, our, our, our target is these young youth who are in the holiday, 
and they will just be wandering around, want to engage them so that they are equipped with a true knowledge of God. And the truth that I, I believe God will touch some and they will be convicted to return back to him because we have a lots of youths who are just wandering around. Uh, some, even when they, they, they testify, really, you feel it. So, But they have no idea on how to come out of this. Uh, that's why I really want to tell you uh, that uh, it is only by God's grace that when he has called you, like, like my story, uh, really, whoever have told my story could not believe this, but this is reality. So we need to equip our people with gospel. We need to reach them, to reach to reach unreached. And that's our mission. And maybe one thing that I also want to say that uh, I've engaged myself in number of responsibilities and leadership. And the, when you talk of responsibilities, uh, like I want to refer you when my mother remarried, she married somewhere else to he got a family somewhere. But he, the husband mistreated her, and she was not having peace. So I, I brought my mother back to stay with me. She has six children, five daughters, and one boy. So meaning we are seven uh, because we, with my uh, sisters and brother. So right now, uh, schooling, um, the one responsible for them, even my mother, because she's, she came back, she stays with me. And uh, I was of, I've also got this uh, sixty. I was telling you, though, though I'm not having money, but we are able to ensure that they are doing something, and they are somewhere. That's my goal. Yeah, from the time I came to ABU, I, I found another family here that I'm so well comfortable to be. We share. We 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 talk to one another. We encourage one another. So. All these things that God has been doing in my life, it is not myself, but he knew himself the purpose and the reason. As Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God knows a plan for you, a plan for a good future, not just for destruction or for anything. So I want to encourage everyone that it costs us nothing but the grace of Jesus Christ that was that is given to us enables us to do all things through him who strengthened us. And let's be encouraged. Let's be. Let's have hope in the Lord, not in ourselves, not in our parents. Sometimes they can anything can fail you, but when you have God in you and trust in the Lord, He will provide and lead you in all your life, just as He has done to me. Uh, I never knew that I can have opportunity to share the testimony, to share my life story, to 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 be in such a beautiful campus. It, it 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 sounds really something very unique because of God and what he has done to us. So wow. I encourage each one of you for that. That's great. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Let me just, I want to highlight a couple of things again. Maybe you picked, maybe our listeners picked up on this, but he was describing January doing an outreach, evangelistic outreach, um, while he's on his break from school. And the reason is because it's a strategic opportunity because the academic cycle for the schools in Uganda is a January through December or February through December. Yes. And so these kids are on, on their break exactly. and they're not 
uh, they're not involved with activities. They're just kind of hanging around. So your plan is to go and to share exactly. the share the gospel with them mm-hmm. and see how God works. That's that's really exciting. Uh, Emmanuel, thank you so much for your time today, for sharing with us. It's so encouraging to hear how God has brought you here, how he's using you here, and how he's going to use you in the future. So thank you for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you too, Reverend uh, Timke. It's my pleasure to meet you, and really, I send regards to all of you, and uh, I pray that God continues using all of you for praying for us and being with us. And even when you return, I pray that good journey mercies and may God keep you as you come back to see us again. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the ABC Mission Partners podcast. The music on the show is by Psalm Project Africa, written, performed, and recorded in Uganda by friends of ABC, including several of our alumni. You can find their three excellent albums on iTunes and Spotify, so please check them out. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast. It's available on our webpage as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Give us a rating, leave a comment, or send us a message to podcast at AfricanBibleColleges.net. And on the next two episodes, we'll be talking about the subject of business as mission. First, uh, an interview with a pioneer in the contemporary business as mission movement, Mike Baer. And in the following episode, an uh, interview with June Shiomitsu and Marcelo Vieira, who run our own business as mission ministry, the African Business Institute. So you won't want to miss those next two episodes. And you can always learn more about the ministries of ABC on the web at AfricanBibleColleges.com.